Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week, bringing you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. Whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas for your home, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. I'm your host here every week. I've been selling real estate here in Greater Victoria since 1991. And yes, that means I'm coming up on my 30th anniversary, first week of March. <laughs> Feels like a short time, but 30 years for many is a long time. I've handled hundreds of transactions in our fair city, over 2,500 at last count. I'm proud to be ranked as one of the top REMAX agents in Western Canada and locally here too, not only in Victoria, but on Vancouver Island. I'd be pleased to help you as well too. You can find my contact information and the rest of the whole Home Show team members on cfax1070.com. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. Or you can find me directly. Google is such a great tool online. Just Google my name, Tony Joe Real Estate or the Prime Real Estate Team or visit primeteam.ca. Be happy to introduce you to any of our whole Home Show team members. Again, we would love to help. It's been a very interesting year. And by the way, Happy New Year to all of you. The start of not only a new year, which is always exciting, but it's the start of a new year after what I would I would guess most everyone is going to say was the most interesting year, that being 2020. We're going to be talking today about what happened in real estate, not only a recap of December 2020, but also a recap of what happened the entire year of 2020, how we ended up, and what the forecast is going to be like. And my guests today on the program are my fellow team members at the Prime Real Estate team. You've heard them here on the show before. Kyle Kerr and Sean Farrell are going to be, we'll be talking to you about what we encountered, the things that we bumped into in 2020, the things that we are foreseeing to happen in 2021. A lot of great information, so stay with us. Uh, but we always start with a, a listener story or question, and if you have one, please do reach out. The number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Be sure to leave a message along with your name and phone number, and we will cover your story or question on a future episode. Uh, by the way, if you are a podcast listener, you can listen to any of our past programs. We're close to 200 now, coming up on four years of service here on CFAX 1070. You can find us on uh, iTunes or Google Play. Just look up The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. So much great information, including things that aren't dated. They're evergreen. If you're looking uh, for tips, uh, things to do around your home, we've probably interviewed the right person for the job over the course of the last four years. You'll be able to find everything online and uh, listen to our uh, previous interviews. 
So one of the things I want to bring up today, because it so happens when the real estate market becomes busy, people start thinking about, hey, should I get into this real estate business? Now, I've been at it for a long time. Uh, you might be wondering, what are the steps that you or a family member or somebody that you may know who wants to get into real estate has to do? And I'm going to cover them with you really quickly here in the time we have together. So the first thing to know is the re real estate is very much a, uh, it's an, it is an industry that has oversight. So there's a superintendent of real estate. Uh, we have the Real Estate Council of British Columbia, which really does focus on consumer protection. This is really important for you to know because we are a, we're an industry that thankfully, uh, unlike other areas, so I hear stories all, in fact, I had coffee with a colleague uh, from Australia uh, just a little while ago, telling us about the fact that there is no MLS system there. There is no um, uh, no real organization to oversee what happens in real estate. Can you imagine? I mean, it's the largest transaction that most people make in their lives. And in many ways, it's a, it's a uncontrolled industry in other areas. Thankfully, here in Canada, specifically in British Columbia, there are rules, regulations, things that we as real estate licensees need to adhere to in order to provide services. Uh, and of course, if a licensee uh, breaks these rules or contravenes our rules, there are consequences to be paid. But how do you become a licensee? Well, the first thing that you're going to want to do is go to the Real Estate Council of British Columbia's website, RECBC, Real Estate Council of British Columbia. There is a great website there that goes through what you need to do to become licensed. There's a number of things that you need uh, to know. First of all, there are guidelines for good reputation they call it. And what are things that are these guidelines? Well, first of all, there is a credit report that needs to be done. And it confirms that the applicant, um, whether or not they have outstanding judgments against them, uh, if they have uh, claimed bankruptcy in past, uh, if they are in arrears on trade accounts, things like that, uh, if they've been refused a real estate license in the past, or if their license has been suspended or canceled, not only uh, in British Columbia, but in other jurisdictions as well. And that is not just a real estate uh, license, but also if they were in insurance or mor mortgage broker uh, or in securities, things like that. So they want to make sure that applicants uh, getting their license for real estate uh, have, again, good reputation. There's another thing too, and that is English proficiency. So there is a segment of the um, uh, application process that is an English proficiency exam. And yes, everyone has to take that. You need to be a Canadian citizen or a permanent residence. Um, and what ends up happening is you end up taking a course. We all, you've all heard about the uh, applied um, uh, course and what it is, is it is a, a blended course. It is widely uh, by correspondence. Uh, I took the course back in 1990. <laughs> it feels like yesterday, but it was 31 years ago now. And you have, to you have to write your exam a year after starting your course. Some people do it very quickly. 
you can only do two assignments per week because you see they also want to make sure that people aren't rushing through it and getting their uh, uh, doing their exam in two weeks or something like that. So it does take some time. Uh, it is a pretty exhaustive course. Uh, again, even though it's been 31 years for me, I have a lot of memories about it. The thing that people tend to really get stuck on is the calculator segment, because there's a part where we've got to calculate mortgages. I'm honestly not sure why, because in the practice of real estate, we get mortgage brokers like Denise Webster to do the calculations for us. But anyways, it's just one of those things. You take your course, you need to get 70%, you take your exam, I'm sorry, you need to get 70% on the exam. There's 100 questions that take three hours. And this has to be done. This can't be done by correspondence or online. It has to be in a uh, exam setting. Um, and once that's done, then you need to take the applied practice course, which is two weeks online with a moderator. And then two days in, uh, I was going to say in class, but of course, right now it's online as well. Uh, I know all about this, by the way, because I am one of the instructors. I teach both here in Victoria uh, and also in Nanaimo and occasionally in the Vancouver market as well, too. Uh, these learners that uh, I oversee them for this two week period. And then we do online in class in class. Uh, for two days, going through a number of exercises uh, to make sure that the new licensees understand agency, ethics, and a whole bunch of other things. So um, if you're interested or a family member is interested, again, look up the Real Estate Council of British Columbia website. It goes through things like costs and what to expect. Um, but it is obviously a rewarding occupation for people like myself been around for a long time i love this job i love the industry and what uh, it enables us to do out there in the community uh anyways need to take a quick break here when we come back we'll be having a conversation about the recap of 2020 and what we're going to expect in days moving forward with my fellow teammates of the prime real estate team sean farrell and kyle kerr back in just a moment you're listening to the whole home show with tony joe on cfax 1070 Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Today, we're talking about what happened to the real estate market in Victoria in 2020 and what's going to happen in the days ahead. My guests are from the Prime Real Estate team, Kyle Kerr and Sean Farrell. Jeez, where do we begin? We've got so much to talk about today. Uh, statistics, of course, that's the main thing that we review every month with our uh, clients and with our followers. Uh, so let's talk about, first of all, what happened in the month of December. So uh, how did it go, guys? Let's let's well, hear it. Well, I mean, it was another busy month. We've been talking about record-breaking months for the last five, six months as we've been going through. And, and December did not disappoint. As you said, we were... We got some time off over the holidays. I think we chatted about that. We all got some chance to recharge, but it was another busy month uh, in Victoria. So we ended up with 600 and sorry that my screen just kicked out of me here. It was 637, 631 sales, which was 58% more sales than December 2019. So it was very busy uh, and it continued right on until New Year's Eve. I think it's really important for people because, you know, we can say 631 sales and, you know, is that a lot or is it not? When we look at what a typical December looks at, it's usually anywhere around 300, 330, you know, 568 was a big, big December. And that happened back in 2004. Um, but otherwise, you know, um, it's typical to have 350, 400 sales. So it's a pretty big number. 
it's a big number in any marketplace uh, and strangely in the market that we're in right now right well for december that's a that's a that's a huge number because normally people when you think about the seasonal nature of our business, a lot of people do are planning holidays in December and they, they don't want to either have people coming into their homes if they're hosting for Christmas, which didn't happen so much this year, or, you know, if people are traveling to be away uh, for, for Christmas, people, they, they, real estate tends to take a back seat, but these numbers, as you said, they, uh, they're, they're, they're big. They're really big, although not quite as high as the previous few months. So we do have some seasonality returning. Um, and, but, uh, the, and I, I won't, I'll stop short of the word normal because we're not there yet, but, uh, definitely, definitely huge numbers. This well, is something I, that I, I think we're going we're to cover during our conversation today. And that is where the heck are people coming from and why do people want to buy? Because Sean, you just alluded to the fact that usually during the Christmas season, people have other things on their mind, mm -hmm. right? Um, when you think about the fact that people were buying real estate in December, let's not forget that that also meant that they were getting their, their mortgages done. So their mortgage brokers are busy, building inspections are busy, appraisers are busy, their real estate guys are busy. Like, what the heck, right? Totally. And I mean, I think I mentioned it to you guys one, one of the days that, you know, I, I had some really busy streaks there in December. And I said, maybe because, you know, because we couldn't go visit our friends for Christmas, like Sean said, because we couldn't go travel, they're like, we might as well buy a house. <laughs> so it, it honestly sometimes felt like, you know, where we normally, as you said, Sean, seasonally, I think as realtors, we kind of know by the middle of December, things are going to really be quiet and we get a chance to kind of connect and do those things where, I mean, I had condition removals on Boxing Day and, you know, I had things happening on New Year's Eve. So, I mean, again, the, the normal seasonality of Christmas and, and the holidays, just I think people were thinking, well, might as well get into the market. And if we want to talk about inventory at this point, too, I mean, listings are down a lot. And so I think that put the pressure on people to feel, well, I want to get into something. Maybe they didn't want to wait for the spring market. So, again, we saw we saw listings drop down quite a bit as well. Well, the listings... Go ahead, Sean. On, yeah, on the listings, we, we've talked about, uh, you know, the uh, the demand, but we haven't uh, on the supply side of things. Um, active listings at the end of de December were 1,279. And uh, Tony and Kyle and I were scratching our heads wondering, uh, the, but the real estate board did announce that that's a 25-year low. And uh, another thing I'll add on to that is the last two Decembers, uh, we've averaged about 400 new listings in each of those two months. But for this Oh, pardon me, that's December 2019 and 2018. In December of 2020, we had 600 new listings and still we're at all-time low inventory. It, it's, yeah, pretty, it's pretty crazy. I mean, when, when you look at the number of 1,279, so, you know, think about the number of sales that we had. So, you know, when you compare 631 sales to 1,279 listings, that's not a lot of choice. That's what we normally would say is two months worth of inventory, right? Which means that if new listings stopped today and all of the inventory was was uh, bought up, two months is a short amount of time and we're not used to seeing that, right? Well, and I think the thing that I, need, we, I want to point out because I've been explaining this to clients the last few weeks because they've been asking, where are the new listings? 1,279 active listings, but Victoria Real Estate Board also has commercial listings. So if you look at that, there's only actually 402 of those are commercial listings. So in all of Greater Victoria at the end of December, there was only 877 residential listings. And I explained to people that Souk to Sydney to Shawnigan Lake, 
So, I mean, when we that's talk houses, about this, that's condos, that's duplexes, that's everything. mobile homes, bare lands, bare pieces of land. So, I mean, we have to really understand there is less than a thousand properties available for sale and over 630 listing sales. So we're talking almost like a, you know, a 75% list to sales ratio on the residential side. So very dramatic. Well, let's talk again about, about what that number means, what that 1279 means, because in the months, the previous months of December, they were 1952, 1988, 1384, which was low, right? That's just one of the lower months as well. But they, they are, have been, they've been 3,200, 3,500, 3,800, 3,700, only as far back as nine years ago. Like it's not a long time ago. So you consider 3,800 or 3,900 active listings to R1279 right now. It's a significant number, right? Especially when you consider, you know, that those Decembers with the 3,800 uh, inventory months, they did not have 630 sales during the month, right? So it's a very interesting time. Extremely. And when we uh, if we combine the, the, the supply and demand together in one metric, uh, Kyle just referred or alluded to the the, act, the sales to active listing ratio. Right now, uh, that's pushing 60, uh, 66, 65, 66%. Um, and those are up from the previous two months, which were extremely high at 59 and 58%. And just so people know, um, we consider uh, that ratio between 15 to 20% to be considered a balanced market and anything over 25 is considered to be upward pressure on prices and, 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 and to seller's market. So these are, um, these, are, these are really extraordinary times, as you said, Tony. Yeah, well, actually, as we're on it, you know, you talked about prices. You know, of course, there's the average price that comes out every month. And this is something that might scare people because December, the average for a single family home in Victoria went down to 992000 You remember, we've been over a million dollars for the past few months. So people could look at that right now and go, oh, my goodness, you know, we're down 9.8%. But is that really true? You know, there we are. That's the discussion about average sale price again, right? Yeah, exactly. And we've talked all year that the averages have remained high because we've seen a, a comeback in the luxury market, that, that plus $2 million, plus $3 million market. We've had some strength in that market uh, because like everyone else, everyone wants to buy homes right now. And so that, that average coming down probably again shows that, you know, some of those higher, you know, we don't have any five or $6 million sales potentially happening in December, but people should probably be relieved because I know a lot of our buyers right now <laughs> who have been feeling the pressure of multiple offers and things selling above asking price. I mean, to hear that, uh, I think not everyone would be as upset maybe as some sellers out there. Especially in the single family detached sector. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. Well, well, of course, we always talk about the uh, HPI, the house price index as well, because that's the representation of what a house today would have sold for, uh, you know, a month ago, six months ago, or a year ago or whatever. Um, so as much as the average was down 9.8%, uh, our HPI is still up. We're up in the core region, 6.8%. In the West Shore, 13.2%. Peninsula, 15%. And in our trading area as a whole, 10%. So, you know, um, hey, this is what's going on, right? For Tony, that's year over year, correct? Yeah, yes. Now it's yeah. And I was just having this conversation with people. You, you're right, Tony. The Peninsula, which is, you know, higher price points on the Peninsula, high at, you know, about 15%. But I was talking to someone the other day and, you know, we just finished a transaction in Souk. Souk's prices, you know, year over year uh, up 16 and percent, right? Like that's an area where we're seeing a ton of growth. And we'll talk a little bit about that, about 
buyer demographics and how work from home and everything is changing things. Where Oak Bay, you know, known as, you know, the highest price point area, prices only up about 6% or 8.5% in Oak Bay and 6% in Saanich East. So the more affordable areas in some areas are actually growing it because there's more price gap for the average local incomes who are buying them. So it's going to be some very interesting trends and, you know, where will Souk continue to grow to? Where will Langford go? Um, and how much stronger can the peninsula be? For sure. So, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick little break here. When we come back, we'll have more conversation about what happened in the Victoria Real Estate Board market, not only for December, which we just talked about, but also in the new year, having a chat with Sean Farrell and Kyle Kerr, all of us from the Prime Real Estate team. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. And we would too, of course. We're your friends at the Prime Real Estate team. And with us today, we have Sean Farrell, Kyle Kerr, and myself talking about what's happened in real estate in 2020. What's 2021 going to look like? especially now that we have a somewhat better idea about how we're all going to exist in this world of COVID, which I think we all agree is not going to go away anytime soon. I mean, we, we are in this new way of existing. Um, not the least, I mean, we're doing everything differently. We're buying groceries differently. We're, we're buying houses differently right now. We finished off 2020 strong. We know there's multiple offers out there because we've been dealing with them on a regular basis. Every time there's 12 offers on a house, what that means is that there's 11 other people out there that still want to buy. Like that's what multiple offers are all about, right? So how are you guys feeling about 2021? Not only immediately because that's, you know, as a result of what happened in the last month or two months, but how are you feeling? Who wants to start off? What we've got right now and what will probably persist throughout the year are that one of the one of the factors that are driving these sales are very, very low interest rates. And that's, the, you know, the, the government managing uh, monetary policy to, um, you know, to, to support the economy through all of the variables. And, and this is affects obviously different people will stop short of an economics lecture there for sure. But those interest rates. Um, very easy. Most most pundits, most market watchers agree that at minimum we will get all the way through 2021 with extremely low interest rates and therefore mortgage rates as well. So that's that's one part of it. I think that'll that'll be steady. And another big factor in in all the demand we've seen is the people's changing their priorities in life. It's all of a sudden home has become a safe place to shelter has become very important. And um, I think that that theme will continue. Um, now it's it's going to evolve. Uh, we've got some great news on the horizon with vaccines coming, but the timing of them um, and how how they're taken up in society and and how how all of those are those are those are so many variables. I think Tony, you said you know we're doing everything differently in our new normals. I think I I don't I don't believe that we will ever have the light switch get flicked again so that you know how we last March we all of a sudden our lives completely differently changed. Our lives will change again and things will get back to normal but i don't think we'll go 100 back i'm talking to a lot of people 
who are have discovered that working from home works for them and i think we'll have i think we'll have hybrid i think we'll have hybrid i think we'll have hybrid uh attitudes towards i'm going to work as much as i can from home where where it's possible uh but people are still probably looking forward to getting out having vacations and and uh, return and resuming resuming normal living too so maybe they'll have discretionary income will sort of get pushed back towards more routine things yeah, Sean nailed a couple of great points, and I think I think 2021 is going to be very similar to 2020 when we talk about sales numbers. I'm not going to give you know a hard number on where you know that's what we leave up to the Victoria Real Estate Board or BCREA, and you know they do a lot of great stats and economic forecasting. But you know I think this year taught us a lot, especially for us here in Greater Victoria, because you know whenever we talked about the local economy and the strength and safety of our local market, we talked about the diversity. The, we talked about the diversity of our economy. And I mean, we, again, we've talked about local businesses and tourism and retail really struggling this year, but you know, we've got, you know, tech and government and military and, and, and I don't see any weakness to those industries that would cause any negative headwinds to really come through. So uh, all I really see is the healthcare industry is growing. Government is going to continue to grow with, you know, with the new majority government that we do have uh, and construction workers and, and, and infrastructure and everything that's happening around here. So I think on the economy side, I think things are going to continue to get better. You know, we've listened to a lot of economists in the last couple of months that, as Sean alluded to, with vaccines and people moving around a little bit more, if that means our tourism industry can start picking back up again, those are all going to be very positive things on top of just people feeling more comfortable in general with what COVID is and, and how do you safely move around, especially with vaccines. So uh, I think we're going to have see another really strong year. Um, and I think it's just going to be, again, the diversity of, of where people are moving to based upon what Sean said. And then also just immigration to the city. Um, Greater Victoria is 418,000 people now. and a, a few uh, You know, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> 370 or whatever it was right exactly and so you know bob uh one of the andrew from uh, the rennie marketing out of vancouver he predicted there's gonna be about another 62,000 people living in greater victoria over the next 15 years so where are those people gonna go and you know we know why we love living on the island and i think other people you know from our low covid cases to how friendly we are here the way we've managed things i think we're even more on the radar of people uh, so I only think the, the, especially the national migration to Victoria is only going to continue, which is going to be, it's going to put more pressure on the buying side. And um, we're just going to, you know, work with those great builders who are going to bring more supply to the market. The so, weather's pretty good here too. The weather's yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah. I didn't even That's talk about the weather yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what, no, we're going to leave that for the, for the next segment, right? But yeah. so, so in, in, in What about here, you, Tony? Well, so here, this, here's the thing. You know, the real estate industry, you and I know, Kyle, because we both sat in the president's chair. Uh, yep. Sean's going to get there one of these days. We're working on that, right? Um, yeah. The real estate industry commonly gets criticized for talking about how strong the market is um, because, you know, people who are struggling to get in always say, well, of course you're saying that, you know, you, you want to give this news, but they forget about the fact that we represent both sellers who have an interest in keeping their equity in their home, but we also take care of people who are getting into the market. And like, how many of those have we had this year? It's quite a few, right? And ah, completely. It, yeah. So, so now the argument, and I noticed the pundits have been quieter this year, but the argument about it being impossible to buy a first home in Victoria, that hasn't really come up a lot this year because 
it has been a better buying environment, despite the fact that there's no, no inventory and prices are high. And it goes back to what Sean started with, which is the low interest rates, right? Well, and I think the biggest thing is we, we the psychology of your first home, unfortunately, is going to have to change for a lot of people. And we've had this conversation is, you know, yes, you know, yes, you know, previous generations could get a house in, in Fairfield in 1950 for $12,000. But you I mean, there were so many other factors. Well, hey, by, by the way, 12,000 in 1950 was a fancy house, Kyle. Was it? Okay. Just okay. to let you know, I know but, those you know, numbers. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, uh, I Kyle's think clinging on to his youth as long as possible. The city, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I think the city was different, right? The city might have only been sixty or 70,000 people, right? We're a 420,000-person city now with gr- lots of great attractions and amenities. So, I mean, you know, talking about a part of the market maybe which isn't doing as well, we could talk about downtown condos and condos in the core where prices have started coming down due to all the factors we talked about. So if you want to get into the, into the market right now, I mean, there are great opportunities in the downtown condo market where – get in the door at a nice low price when things are a bit rough and then build your equity. It's what I had to do. What many of us had to do. Your first home is not generally your dream home. (laughs) And so I think, you know, that's something that I spoke about a lot when I was on the, on the road. And I think low interest rates, you know, there is some, you know, there is some softness in some areas of the condo market. So get into the market now. And in five years from now, when COVID is a a faint memory, I think there's gonna be lots of great opportunity. Well, and, and, you know, here we are at, at, uh, almost, I was gonna say almost zero interest rates. That's not, that's not quite true. They got negative, they got negative interest rates in Europe, for goodness sake. They're paying you to actually borrow money, (laughs) right? Oh man. Yeah. I don't, Sean could go down that rabbit hole. I know Sean's our interest rate guy. So (laughs) well, before we have enough time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. talk about how negative interest rates work but yeah <laughs> so so listen before we take our last break for the day here i i just want to remind you guys my first home sale march 1991 uh my buyers got the awesome interest rate of 11 and a half percent and i know a few agents before then that would be talking about 22 percent so correct, correct. yes or so yeah, i've was... heard I, I wasn't buying houses back then myself <laughs> so hold that thought though because there's there's a lot to consider and this is just what's going on out there in the real estate marketplace we're talking today with fellow members of the prime real estate team sean farrell and kyle kerr but what happened in december and what happened in 2020 and what's going to happen in 2021 and beyond need to take a quick breaker back in just a moment this is the whole home show with tony joe on cfax 1070 Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Real estate is not something that we thought was going to be a topic of conversation during March of 2020 when COVID came down. The people in the industry, including myself and my fellow members of the team who were with me today, we were all concerned. We didn't know what was going to happen in April or May. As we look back now at 2020, the little pause that we had in the market was extremely short because it came back with fire and fury and it continues to be so we're talking today about what's happening in the real estate market of course with my fellow team members from the prime real estate team at remax commotion kyle kerr and sean farrell wow can you imagine the year ending up the way it did i mean i think we were all kind of hoping that if it ended up being a similar year to last year that we to 2019 sorry that we would have been satisfied right but look what happened 
I mean, I, March, April, when, you know, when we were fully bunkered down there, I, I wasn't sure where we, I didn't, I didn't even know if 2019 numbers were going to be even possible, right? None of us were medical experts. And mm-hmm. I mean, things were evolving so quickly. So, I mean, yeah, you know, reflecting on 2020, I'm very happy with, with where things ended up. Well, so, uh, and, but and, I mean, this, yeah. And I have to say, some of our colleagues have had the best years they've ever had. Yeah. Um, now, we can honestly say it, the prime real estate team is not necessarily true. We're always busy anyways yeah. right yeah um but some of our guys have never been this busy before and you know it's it was good to see now on the other hand and i've heard stories across canada also a lot of people that did not have good years and as much as we talk about multiple offers and bidding wars i think our our our, our clients and listeners of our podcast and everything they they should know that is not a fun working environment for real estate. You know, no. um, it's not only a matter of maybe winning or possibly losing a bidding war, but there are broken hearts involved. And considering we are often counselors for our buyers, it's not a lot of fun, right guys? We've all, we have, the three of us have dealt with this a lot in 2020. No, I mean, like you were talking about earlier, I mean, it, when you when you have a 12, when 12 offers get submitted, well, it means 11 buyers have had their heart broken, 11, 11 other realtors have done their work of writing an offer, drafting terms and conditions, you know, done, done a market analysis on what they think the house might sell for. Uh, yeah, it's not a fun market. I mean, I always tell people a, a nice balanced market is the best one for us as agents to work in because you can, you know, there's time to go and look, maybe you can come back for a second showing, yeah. you can set things up for the week in advance. And you, you think about it, this is, this is such a, it, it's the biggest purchase that m- almost everyone does a million dollar yeah. house. And then so many times people are in there, they look at it for 15 minutes and they go, let's write an offer. But I mean, Sean, what did the numbers come back at when we talk about this big year? Well, actually, we've been talking a lot about how, how big the numbers are. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, the, the total sales were uh, just pushing uh, 7,400, 7,329 properties sold. And that's about 1,000 properties over the 10-year average. So uh, an increase of 13.6% over the 10-year run. Yeah. Actually, Sean, oh. are, you, are you looking at the total or the residential total there? Because the, the total for the year was 8,500, right? Oh, sorry. Uh, my, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Well, no, I, I, no I, started, I started with the 10-year average and then I, oh, yeah. and then I said, and then 1,000 over yeah. that. So yeah, the, the 10-year average is 7,329 and the grand total was 8,497. My, yeah. my apologies so, if, I, uh, if I switch those yeah, two no in, my, uh, in my mind there. But, no, no, yeah. no, but, but what you bring up is really important because a 10-year yeah. average at 73 what would you say 7329 yeah and so we are that much higher than the 10 year average right yep. so you know, we, ended, doesn't, we yeah. ended up 17% higher than we did the year before and again when we look on a when we look at the stats here 8500 sales in greater victoria for the year is a really high number because again typically it's 6000 6500 6800 there's a lot of 5000s the low i'm looking at right now is 50 5200 like that's a yeah. pretty significant uh, numerical difference, right? Yeah, that average got pulled up quite a bit. I think by that big year in 2016, which was over 10,000, which was one and only record breaking. Exactly. Yeah. Well, where do you, where do you guys think? You know, back at the uh, end of March, uh, we had a we had a we had a meeting, <laughs> we had a meeting together March 17th, which was when they announced the schools were closing, and that's when it became really real for me. But in going through April, where do you think? How far below the tiering average do you think we would have been until until they let us the pent-up demand sort of hit in june when we could open 
up the economy again. But we're how how low do you think we would have gone if we were still in complete lockdown? I I thought we were going to be in the low sixes or high fives. To be honest, when when it when it became that severe, I thought we would be well below. You mean you mean ending up the year at six thousand? Yeah. yeah, yeah, ending up the year around six thousand for sure. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting because for for me, I I was I never had a fear because I started getting those phone calls you know, from our colleagues, you know, our, our network across the country, uh, uh, colleagues who had people who are interested in moving to Victoria. And, and I had them early on, right? Yeah. And I, I will never forget, uh, one of the clients that came over, I was in touch with her in February. And her plan was to move here two years from now after she retired from being a teacher. Uh, fast forward, she was, she accelerated her plans and moved here to Sydney inside of four months, right? So, you know, she went from a two year plan to four months and this is not, we are not alone. We've seen this happen a lot. And, and it's a reminder about what Victoria has to offer because so many people were not only thinking about, Hey, let's work at home. Let's, uh, um, uh, you know, let's get more space. Let's get better bang for the buck, but we don't need to be close to, downtown Toronto. We don't need to be close to downtown Vancouver. We could go anywhere, you know, P- take your pick across the country and all these people, every, Hey, everyone ends up here in some way or other. We all know this, right? Yeah. Um, there's very few of us who were born and raised in Victoria. You sure as heck were not Mr. Kerr. <laughs> no, definitely not. And, right? and I think about those people from Ontario, some of them are still working in Ontario, right? Yes. So this is where technology is taking us. And and I think also if we think about right now, right, BC, we've got some restrictions, right? We've, our, our lifestyle has changed. Ontario is in a full-blown lockdown right now, right? Like they're in a 28-day, pretty much back to where we were in March and April. So again, people, I'm getting calls from people too saying, hey, we want to we be out in Victoria. So in 2021, I think this, the wave is going to continue because again- I, So just I'm, the- I'm with you. I, I believe that there's a lot of people that just, that this is their ultimate plan. Yeah, but it, it just it didn't happen for whatever reason. In well, even exactly. even in pre, before the pandemic, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to live somewhere in the world, Canada is doing OK in terms of yeah. its, its education, its healthcare. care. Uh, you know, it's a safe place financially. Uh, we, we we're maybe not depending on who you talk to. We may not be the, the best country. I think we are. I'm biased, but there's some good countries. But if and if you decided you're or if you're going to live in Canada, where where would you want to live? Because we've got a great lifestyle out here. One of the things we haven't mentioned in this conversation is the the international borders are shut down right now as well. So I yeah. think that will, that will add to demand as well. Because if you're going to look, if you if you got a handful of countries in the world that where you want to move to, um, whether you're looking for safety from you know for your finances or for your health, uh, this is this is a, a great great place. Plus. We've also benefited from Dr. Bonnie Henry and uh, our, our culture out here in the island is also one where we t- most of us are doing what we're told. So our, our numbers have been very low. So those clients that Tony talked about that increased their timeline to get here in four months instead of two years. And we've all, we I know Kyle and Tony and I, we've all had those clients in the last little bit. I've helped people move here from Ontario, buying places sight unseen and just go, go, go. So uh, I, but I think that that's going to add even more demand. So we've got to get uh, the builders and we've got to get the municipal governments uh, making things easier for those builders to build some supply. You know, Definitely. this, this, this loops us back to conversations that I bring up all the time. And that is, 
you know, this whole the specter of foreign buyers driving up real estate prices, considering the borders are closed, as you said, Sean, there are, have been very few, if any, offshore purchases, and yet the market remains strong the way it is right now. So, you know, all these controls that the government put in place about, you know, foreign buyer speculation tax and everything. Um, hey, you know, maybe. A Which, good- well, it'll be interesting going into 2021 because you're right. And you, we've all talked about it. But, you know, we have federal federal budgets coming up soon, provincial budgets coming up soon. And Sean talked about different la- layers of government is I'm, I'm hearing a lot of rumblings that the, the, the federal government's going to come out with some form of their own foreign buyers tax and run it across Canada. And I mean, if, if any, I know it's an easy win for government because if someone's going to pay back all the debt from COVID, it might as well be foreigners. But if, if you're going to tie it to housing affordability, that I don't think the correlation can be nearly as closely drawn together because... Yeah, 2020 has been a record-breaking year across most of Canada. Well, well, and and where, I was, yeah. where, where I was getting to was this whole uh, notion of, is it supply or demand, right? Yeah. And, and the fact is, it's supply. Like, if we had more inventory, just if, if, the, if the market was flooded with inventory right now, then things would rebalance. In fact, we could get to a buyer's market if there was more inventory than there were uh, buyers. Yeah. Right. Well, you, you had some clients out at Royal Bay, great new developments in Colwood. And I think they released 14 new lots and 12 were sold in like three days. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if the supply is created, the demand is there. But it's, as Sean said, how do you how do builders and, and realtors and the municipal governments work together to get this out there? Because the evidence is written all over the wall now. Yeah. Um, you know, we live in the most beautiful place in the world and people want to, you know, so we need to that that's the big push that we need to have going into 2021. Well, you know, the, 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 our year end review would be remiss if we didn't at least touch on the CEO of CMHC, uh, Evan Siddle there, who incidentally, Kyle, and I saw on the news today, he's, he's waiting. He's not leaving at the end of 2020 as he was supposed to. He's sticking around until they find a replacement. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, so, I thought. <laughs> so he's not, he's not vacationing in Barbados, is he? No. So, so <laughs> you know, here's the thing. Here is someone who works for a, a crown corporation who said with absolute certainty back in, I think it was about uh, April, that real estate prices would go down 9 to 18% in Canada. Um, but to make matters worse, he doubled down and he continued on with the rhetoric. And look at where we're at right now with prices across the country. Um, he was wrong. He was wrong, right? Now he says that the bottom might hit in 2022. Okay, well, hey, you know, so does that mean 18% from now or 18% from, you know, the, uh, the, the higher prices by the time we get to 2022? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. very interesting. That is an economist. So the reason why I wanted to bring you guys together today is that we, we are the boots on the street. We are the people and our real estate colleagues that listen to this program. They're the ones that are actually out with buyers, the people who are looking at homes. They have stories. They have reasons. They have, you know, why are they doing what they're doing? Economists don't know that. They just look at the numbers, right? And, and make assumptions. Making assumptions, right? They have to. Uh, to yeah. build their models, there's assumptions built in. Yeah. Whereas here we are, we're the people that are working with the client. So there we go. Oh, so much to talk about. Uh, Kyle Kerr, Sean Farrell, uh, and myself, the three of us from the Prime Real Estate team. 
at Remax Camosun in Victoria. If you want to talk more about the market, what's going on out there, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We're very easy to find. Just Google Prime Real Estate Team or Sean Farrell, Kyle Kerr, Tony Joe. Uh, we are here to talk. Uh, obviously, we love Victoria. We love the city. We know a lot about the marketplace. Uh, and we'd be happy to share that as well uh, with you too. Thank you for joining, guys. Uh, and to the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.